Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. What's up, church? Um, what's up? <laughs> I'm Lily, and today's scripture comes from the book of Matthew, um, chapter 28, verse 18. Um, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Good morning. Happy New Year. Yes. Pastor Andrew Nairobi. Oh, it's just a couple hours from Nairobi to Kampala next time. Oh, I wish I knew I would have done something anyhow. Next time. We thank God for the mission of spirit that is in this church. We want to thank God for um, who we are. We are the body of Christ globally. We are not the body of Christ right here. We are global. We are connected with everybody around the world. And that is beautiful. Amen. I want to take you a little bit in my story, my faith story. Um, at the age of 12, my dad came from Kenya. He had been there for a very long time, and he came back as a missionary. And I look at my dad, he's a missionary, and he's calling himself as a pastor. And I'm wondering, wow, now daddy transformed, and he was no longer smoking as he used to do, and many other things he used to do he no longer does. He was a different man. And from that time, he begins taking me to church. And so I begin my church journey. I grew up from the age of 12 up to now being in church. So I'm a church boy. Anything I know is church. I know the church carpet. I know the church keyboards. That's my life. Anything you want to know about church, I know from the other part of the world, of course. And so my church journey, um, at uh, the age of 23, I go out to the city. I get to a different area, and I have to start work, and I start looking for church. And ne nearby, there is a, a group of people who are beginning to plant a church. I join them, and my other church journey starts. So we begin planting church. Church grows. Church becomes wonderful. Eight years down the road, we have established our system. We know how everything runs. There are teams that work. Church is growing very well. We are in autopilot. We have gone through the, the tough part. Now everything is autopilot. Woo! We know when to preach. We know when to baptize. Everything is great. You! Hallelujah. God is good. And while I was enjoying the auto cruise of the ministry, God invades my comfort zone. God invades my comfort zone, and the scripture which came to my heart that invaded my comfort zone is a scripture Lily Joe has just read to us. And the scripture, Jesus tells his disciples, go into the world and preach the gospel. Baptize them. Disciple them. And so that scripture hits me so hard. I had read it a couple times, had many preachers preach about it. But then it comes to me, and the scripture says, go into the world and preach the gospel to all nations. And I begin saying, Jesus, did you say all nations or my office? 
Because every morning I would come in my cozy office and there was somebody to serve me tea and somebody to bring my lunch. And I was in autopilot. God is good. I had reached my climax. This is where I want to be. Woo! You know? And... The scripture is telling me to go into the world. And I'm beginning asking the Lord, what does this mean to me? What does it mean? And is it doable? Is it something that can be done? You know, and preach the gospel to all nations. Baptize them. Disciple them. And I'm beginning to understand, Lord, what does this mean to me? What does it mean to me as a pastor? What does it mean to us as the body of Christ? And I began on a journey that took me from my comfort to discomfort. Amen. And so I want to take you into my, a little bit of that journey, and probably the Lord will bless you in it. If there is anything the Lord will use to bless you, that would be great. Father, even as I share Scripture, may your word become life. May it become food. May you, oh God, become, may the word become encouragement. May it move us from where we are to where you want us to be. We thank you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so as I begin pondering more on that scripture, I realized that actually Jesus was speaking to the disciples and was telling them that every disciple is a minister. And I began to realize that it's not us who stand on the pulpit who are ministers, but everybody actually is a minister. And Jesus comes to us as we are, whether you're Bible trained or not. Whether you're called lay Christian or you're called clergy. You know those divisions. They are not even in the scripture. The lay and the clergy. It's not scriptural. But everyone who has received Jesus, accepted Jesus, you are a disciple. And you are a minister. Amen. Amen. I'm taking you slowly, but we will arrive there. And so we are all ministers. And that to me was a revelation because I woke up and said, wow, every single person in the church is a minister. And I said, okay, that's a truth now I know. The little ones and the big ones, the educated and non-educated, the ladies and the men, those who go out to work and those who are stay home, we are all ministers. Woo! That was a big revelation for me. You could, maybe you already know that. But for me, that was big because it took my ministry from that to another level. And I want to, since some of you are looking at me like, eh, what are you saying? I will just a little bit try and, you know, go deeper into that. We are all called to minister, but we all minister differently. Amen. When you see in the Old Testament and you go up to the New Testament, God is using Christians to serve him wherever they are. It is not only those who put on robes and wonderful clothes or who stand up here or who go into cemetery, seminary like Aaron and Andrew. Not all, not those, but every one of us is part of it. Just look at your neighbor. Turn and look at your neighbor. 
Yes, and then look back to me. The person you looked at is a minister of God. Amen. And in the Old Testament, I want to quickly draw some pictures before I go into my point. I want to quickly draw. Do you know a lady called Esther? Esther was a beautiful lady. If she was living in the U.S., she'd be on all magazines, you know. Extremely beautiful. There was a beauty contest. She won. She became the queen because she was amazing. And so she becomes queen because of her. And, you know, she's queen. And she thought that probably she's queen because of this. But yet God in his wisdom and counsel had strategically positioned her there. So that a time will come when Israel is in trouble. She as a godly woman would lead Israel in prayer. And a godly woman would save Israel from being killed. Because Jews were supposed to be killed in a time when she was the queen. So she became queen not because this was going to be for the king, but because this was going to serve the king of kings and lord of lords and save the Jews from being killed. Hallelujah. And so God calls all of us to serve him wherever you are. You could be somewhere where this took you there. But you should ask yourself, how does the kingdom benefit since I'm a Christian? In a place where you are, how does God's kingdom benefit because of your being where you are? You could be an engineer. You could be a stay home. You could be a teacher. Let me tell you, wherever we are as Christians, we are ambassadors of God. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus. We are the voice of God. You are the voice that brings hope in that darkness. You are the joy. You are the river that makes that city glad. You are, you are the minister. Just look at your neighbor and then look back at me. Yes. That gives us some interaction. When you get too quiet, then I become nervous, you know. (laughs) So we are all ministers, friends. Old Testament. Look at Joseph. Joseph is picked not because he's a special guy. He's a regular God lover. Joseph comes up and is just a good steward. He knows how to steward stuff. Joseph is a faithful guy. He's made to be the prime minister because he's going to steward the the harvest of the nation. And God uses him in an amazing way in in his office as a steward, as a prime minister, to change that nation, to feed Israel, to do amazing things because he's using his profession, his skill, to be a blessing to the nation. Look at Daniel. Daniel, Shadrach, and, and the three Hebrew boys. They come up, and God has strategically brought them in that land. A land that, that serves idols. A land which is in, in structure, in, in everything, from the king down. They are all worshippers of idols. God strategically positions those three people. And Daniel. And the reason why they are there is they are there to break the idol worship that is over the land. And they use their gifting. They use their skill. Not to come on the pulpit and preach, but to systematically work with God to bring down idol worship that has bound an entire nation. Four guys are used to bring down an entire structure from the king down. 
idol worship is broken because of four simple guys who are not with the microphone, but who are with God and they are walking with God and working with God. Your neighbor is a minister. They probably are not on this platform, but wherever they are, whether it's a hospital, an office, wherever they are, whether it's a school or a community, wherever they are, they are the Pastor Andrew Fauci's there. They are the Aaron there. They are the best preacher there. Not that they have a mic, but because they have God with them. Hallelujah. And so this morning I've just come to take you on a tough journey, which is interesting. A journey of moving you to see your environment as your ministry field. A journey of moving you to see yourself as the minister of God deployed in the place where you are. You are the minister. Stay home mother. You are the minister. Your church are those two kids you take care of. Woo! You are the minister of God. Wherever God has placed us friends, we are ministers. The Bible says in Matthew, you are the light of the world. Which world? Your world where you are. You are the salt of the earth. Which earth? The earth where you are deployed. Notice I'm using the word deployed. It's a military term for strategically putting you there that you may do work and be effective there. And so, we are all deployed by God. And God knows that whatever and wherever he has put us, we are able to bring some change, some difference. God knows we are able. Amen. In the New Testament, it's amazing that the people who wrote the Gospels, they were not in theological school. They were not the ministers of the time. They were not priests. Matthew. Tax collector. Mark. What was Mark? Businessman. Luke. What was Luke? Physician. Oh my God. Physician? Jesus' time? Probably at that time the physician and patient ratio was one to how much? <laughs> Not a thousand. In parts of the world now it's a million. Now in those days probably more than a million. Dr. Resch. But you know, this guy had time to follow Jesus, follow his meetings, follow his crusades, follow his miracles, follow. And at the same time, attend to his clinic and routine, you know. He was there and he was here. No wonder he wrote the Bible. God, the people who served God in the Bible were not the lazy ones. They were not those who were confused. They were people who were like you and me, who had stuff to do, but still made time for God. Tell your neighbor that could be you. I know somebody has responded. And so the four guys who write the gospels, Mark, very busy man. Mark was so rich. Mark is the guy who takes the disciples, um, the disciples as they were waiting for, for the Holy Spirit. They were in his house. There were more than 120. 120 people were in one house. They had bathrooms. They had food. They had 120. They were in someone's house. This guy was super rich, but had time for the Lord. He followed his meetings. He scribbled. He wrote. 
And that's why we have a book, because people who followed, served, loved the Lord, were at the same time extremely busy. But amongst their business, the Lord was also there. Tell your neighbor you're a minister. And so, when this scripture hit me, I began going around identifying people in our church who had some places of influence, and I would have meetings with them. I would just go take coffee with them, and I would just tell them, you know what, you're a minister. God has placed you in that organization because you're a minister. You're in that school as a teacher because you're a minister. How can I help you to be effective in your ministry at your place of work? How can I help you to be more effective? What can I do? How should we pray? How should we, you know, what do we need? Because God has placed you there and I want you to be successful, you know? And I began to disciple them because they are also have to disciple others, you know? I began to encourage them because they too have to encourage others. And, and we had a sweet fellowship. I remember in one of those meetings, I, I, I went for this lady and she was a middle-level manager in a busy organization. And so I go, we meet her at the canteen. Uh, cafeteria, the American word is cafeteria. We meet at a cafeteria and we are having lunch. And as we are having lunch, her boss comes, joins us on table, and she introduces, This is my boss. I say, Okay, okay. And she introduces, This is Pastor. I say, Okay. So I just continued with my mission because I'm a man on a mission. I just went on asking questions and, you know, talking. And after we left, um, a few weeks down the road, this lady comes and says, Do you know what? Our office has changed. And I said, what happened? And she said, when you spoke and my boss was in that meeting, we went back to work and our office changed because our boss was the most obscene person in our office. They had an office which is open office where you have like 40 people who sit in an open room with short desks, with short divisions and so everybody can see each other and they kept on throwing insults from the other one to the other one you know f words and other words of course not f words that's in this language but on the other side we have other obscenities people throw around and so if you want to send someone on an errand you use that obscenity and then add you know that was the language in that office but when i spoke in the presence of this chief obscene person when that person went back to the office, people started speaking vulgar, and this person was not responding. And for one week, she was. And after that week, they all came to Hadessa and said, what happened? You are the chief in throwing these words. What happened? And she said, that lady made me sit on a on a, in, on a table over lunch with her pastor, and as pastor spoke words, and those words totally changed my life. I'm supposed to be a minister here, and so I should live by example. Those are not the kind of words we should say. That entire office switched around because of one meeting where someone who did not even get saved, but sat in attendance and went back and totally transformed their speech. Amen. Tell your neighbor you're a minister. We do not know why God put you where he puts you, but definitely he has a mission for you. It could be a big one. It could be a small one. 
but there is a mission definitely. Probably there's somebody to encourage. Probably there's somebody to love. Probably there's a word to be spoken. Probably you're just an intercessor there. Just to pray for the people around there. Probably there is a mission why God has put you where he put you. And our work as church is to encourage you to fulfill your mission. Amen. Can I take you very quickly in Ephesians chapter 10? Ephesians chapter 4. Can you throw it, sir? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 to 13. Can you easily find it? I didn't prepare you, so I'm sorry. I never knew I would read it. No response. No yes, no no. Okay, it's coming. Ephesians. Sorry. Okay, the Bible says, and he has put in the church first apostles, prophets, teachers, um, evangelists, for the work, you have it? Okay, I'll start with 10. And the same who, has, who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. And he gave, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Notice their responsibility. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. The reason why we come on Sunday is many reasons. But one of the reasons why we come is that we may be equipped for the work of service so that the, the body of Christ may be built up. Wow. Huh? While we come to enjoy the coffee, we also come to do this. While we enjoy coming for other fellowship and connections, Jesus, this is one of the work he gives us. So when we come here, we come to be recharged, that we may go out there and pour ourselves out. Amen. Amen. To build up the body of Christ, this will continue until we come to the unity of our faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, so that we may be mature in the Lord. The other reason is that we may be matured. The pastors, the evangelists, everybody who comes up here, the songs we sing, come to build us. And so on Sunday, we come to be built. We come to be energized. We come to be encouraged. We come to be, you know, we charge our phones. We come to be recharged. That we may go out there and burn batteries. That we may be back again on Sunday to be recharged and go out there and burn the battery again. The work of the people who stand up here is to put some fire in us, energize us, that we may go out there and be a blessing and be the, the change agents and be the salt and be the mouth and feet of Jesus. We come here to be empowered that we may go out there and spend ourselves. If that's okay, say amen. amen. Oh, okay. So, let me switch gears a little bit here. 
Now, we are called Christians or believers. When are we believers? Are we believers in church or we are believers even when we are out there? Food for thought. All the time. (laughs) Now, sometimes we think we are more spiritual when we come to church. But are we more spiritual when we are at church or out there? I don't know. Food for thought. Now, if we are supposed to live out our Christian life, do we live out our Christian life when we are here or out there? Both. I still don't know. But let's assume that you work eight hours every day. Those are 40 hours a week. If you are to spend, if you are to serve God here or be a Christian here or, you know, live your Christian lives here in church, remember every week you're here for two hours. If not, three. So where will you be a Christian? Here where your three hours or there where your 40 hours at work? And remember you spend about eight hours sleeping. So on a 24-day, eight hours is sleep, eight is at work. The remaining eight is driving and eating and showering and, and movie and social media and, you know. So really, and the active hours when you're at optimum, active, alive, awake, you've just woken up. Where are they? At work. And after work, you go home. Those few hours you spend before you go to bed, you're tired, you're frustrated, you're sweaty, you're, you know, you're too many things. Um, you're gone. Um, those are not effective hours. Then the rest of eight, this is average, by the way. It's not, the rest eight, you're in horizontal, you're away. You're with Jesus, you know, you're gone. So if you're to be a Christian, sincerely, where will you be a Christian at? It's at the place where you spend most of your time, the 8 or the 10 or the 14 or the 4. You know, where you spend your active hours when you are awake, alive, optimum performance. That will be, most of you will be at work or at school. That's where you should live your Christianity. If the devil is to attack you, where will he attack you? In church? No, you're not here. Here it's only three hours a week, max. So you're not here. So the devil won't come here to attack you. He knows you're not here. Will it be in your sleep? Definitely no. Will it be at home? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Because even there you're tired. You just want to eat. And Most of the time the devil will attack you where? At work. So spiritual warfare should happen at work. More than in church. Because the devil attacks you. You're not coming with me. Are you coming with me? So our Christian life should be lived out at work. That's where we are. That's where you are when you're sharp, when you're bright, when you're awake, when you're alive. Your ministry should come out at work. That's where you are, man. Strong, just out of sleep. That's where the Christianity should be. That's where everything good should happen because that's where you are. So the workplace should be reclaimed because Jesus died for the workplace. He redeemed it. We just need to reclaim it for the Lord. You need to reclaim your desk for the Lord. The desk you sit on, that's your pulpit. It's anointed, you know. You sit on it and say, Lord, whatever I'm going to touch here is blessed, you know. 
and you arrive in the workplace with joy. You arrive in the workplace with a smile. You arrive because you are the minister in that place. Amen. When you go to work, arrive with a smile. You know, I know people who say, oh, it's Friday. You, tomorrow no work. And then on, Monday, on Sunday evening, oh, tomorrow is Monday. No, work is a blessing. Change your attitude. Work is a blessing. Work is authored by God. It's a blessing. Work is sacred. When Adam would serve well in his day, at the end of the day, God would come down and they would have fellowship because Adam has served well. He has worked well. Amen. God is interested in your work, the successes of your work. God is interested when you succeed, when you get a good paycheck. God is happy, you know. When you are well, God is happy at work. When you overcome, you're successful, you're victorious at work. God is happy. He wants to be part of your work. So work was too redeemed because when Jesus died, he not only died for us, but he died for the world. Amen. And so arrive at work as a minister, you know. You will get out of your car. And of course, some days, we, some days are bad days. And the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The beautiful thing about a Christian is that even when you go through weeping, it is not forever. You have a system that recharges you, you know. You have a way. The Lord instituted a system that recharges you and gets you from those low moments, gets you from those bad times. You know, we have a system. We have church. This is absolute energy. When you come here and Pastor Aaron gets the guitar, you're recharged. You, you get out of the weeping. You get out of the bad spot. You get out of the stress. You come back. You know, you have a scripture. You have somebody who gives you a phone call and say, hey, how are you doing? Is the Lord, you know, someone who prays with you, encourages you on phone. We have a system to put us up. So we do not stay down. And so when you go to your workplace, you are the light. When you enter, you enter knowing I am the minister here. And when you see someone depressed, you go over. If it's comfortable to speak scripture, you speak. If it's not comfortable, you find other ways to encourage them without scripture. I mean, I can encourage you with scripture without saying it is John 4. Yeah, I can. I do it. I do it. I speak scripture without quoting it. If they know it, then they say, was that scripture? I say, <laughs> but I, that's my language. I don't have any other. <laughs> Encourage those who, are, who need encouragement. Be a blessing to those who need a blessing. You know, you are the minister in the place where God has sent you. Amen. Okay, we will end on this. Do you know that Jesus was so comfortable outside the falls of the building that he did amazing stuff out and not in? The biggest meetings of Jesus, the mega crusades, were in deserts, were out there. They were not in the four walls of the building. The miracles Jesus performed were on the wayside, were at the, at the seaside, were uh, in homes, you know. They were not in the four walls of a building. Jesus was comfortable doing his ministry out because actually people are not in church. Where are they? Out. He was comfortable. His sermons, the greatest sermons, he was the, the Beatitudes, he was at a mountain, you know. The sermons were out there. 
A few times he was in the temple because people would come to the temple. But most of the time, he was out there. And that's where we too need to be comfortable to do ministry out there. The world will not come to us. But since we are in it, we will not become of it, but we will make it become like Christ. Because we are there where they are. If that's okay, say yes. Jesus should come to your dining table. And in, at your dining table, your kids need to hear you speak scripture because they've heard you talk politics. They've heard you talk soccer. They've heard you talk any, many other things. They need to hear you speak scripture. You need to debate scripture with your wife or find somebody you debate scripture with. Even if it's not for you, but for the people around you, you need to model Christianity for them. One of the reasons why I come to church is not mainly, one of them is not even for me. My daughter must see me come to church. Sometimes I'm so tired. I don't want to wake up and come to church on Sunday. I want to sleep in. But I remember my daughter and say, she must see me go to church, tired or not tired. That when she grow up, she should know the way she should go. The Bible says, train up a child the way they must go. So some things you do them for you, but other things, as you being the minister, the light, you do them for others that they may be encouraged. I don't love anything to do with Christmas. I know he was born. That's it. I don't. But because of other people, I fancy Christmas. I jump around. I do some shopping, you know, to show the people that my Jesus is alive and I love him, you know. You do some commotion for the others to be blessed. Not for you, but others. Yes. Amen. Amen. So there are many things I do not because they really add to me. But I'm trying to win this community. I'm trying to be a blessing. I'm trying to be an encouragement. And that is who we are. Jesus was so comfortable in the marketplace that almost 90% of his ministry was out there. It was at funerals he showed up. It was when people were sick he showed up. It was when people were having trouble he shows up. And I've learned in ministry that when someone is going through a crisis, that's the best point for you to show up. Because at that point, they are not going to urge you. They are not going to bring out their best phrase, you know, which they used to argue and, and counter-argue. You know, at that point, they are rendered powerless. And when you come and say, you know what? I'm here for you. That registers. If you come and, and, and say, the church has sent me to, you know, that, that registers. Whatever you say at that point, because they are at a point where they are solo, every crisis should manifest Christ. Every crisis should be used to manifest Christ. Because at that point, we are all low when you have a crisis going on. So Jesus was comfortable in the marketplace. As I end, I want to encourage you. As this year begins, may your focus and perspective about your workplace kind of shift that you may know that that's a mission field. Let me tell you, Pastor Andrew is a wonderful preacher. He will never come to your hospital where you work. Neither will you come to your, wherever you work, wherever. The forest, the, you know, everybody works. He will never come. 
the people you are with daily. Pastor Andrew will never be with them daily. He's a great preacher. He can explain everything. But he's not there. Who is there? You. And that is the beauty of it. We are all ministers. <laughs> where Pastor Andrew is not, you are. And where someone needs hands to be laid that they may be well, if that's okay and it can be done, you lay the hands. If they need some encouragement, you are the one. Wherever it's coming from, whichever is comfortable, whether you can open the Bible and that's comfortable, open. If you can't, say it. If you can't, say something close to it, you know. Use this, you know, use, study the environment and may God use you to be a blessing in your environment the way it is. Otherwise, God has sent us that we may turn this world and bring it back to him. A wonderful lady I always love. When Jesus was at the well, a lady came, and Jesus had an exchange with her. I believe most of you know that scripture. I won't quote it because I don't want to give him time to find it. And, <laughs> and Jesus had an exchange with her. Immediately she left Jesus. She went to the city, and she called an entire city out and brought it to Jesus. New believer. Immediately she left Jesus. She went and told everybody, come and see a man who has told me everything I've ever done in life. And since she was a pr promiscuous lady, I think many people knew her in town. Many men eh? knew her and women because you notice that one who is disturbing your environment if you're a lady. You know, many knew her. And so she went around saying, come, there is a man. He has taught me everything I've ever done in life. And so the community came out. An entire city came to Jesus because of one woman who had one message. Come and see. And that is a message all of us can take around the world. There are some environments which you can't say much. But you can tell your colleague, you know what? Come to church on Sunday. Come and see how the Lord is good. Come. That's a message we can all give. Amen. Come and see. Now, there are many other aggressive messages we can do. But you know, Start on the easy ones. Start on the soft ones. Don't go for the complex. Don't get Isaiah 44, which talks about the destruction of, you know, don't talk hell. Don't talk, you know, there are things you don't talk. Just use the easy one. Come and see. When my pastor preaches, my hair stands up. You know, if, if there are people who enjoy that, you know, they enjoy movies, movieize it. If there are people who enjoy soccer, soccerize it. You know, Jesus is everything to everyone that everyone may know him. You know, if they like cakes, Jesus talked about baking. If they like farming, Jesus talked about farming. If they like whatever it is, you can find something to talk about it in the Bible. Whatever it is, whichever subject you're talking, you can always find a place in the Bible to swing the discussion and bring in Jesus. Because Jesus is everything to everyone that everyone may know him. As we end, you are the light. Weak as you are, with a few verses in your head, trying to know more Christianity. That's how we are, all of us. 
We are still weak, but growing in the Lord. We have a few scriptures, but growing in the Lord. Sometimes we don't know what to say, but you give yourself, even like now, I didn't know what I was going to preach, but I came by faith and the Lord has used me, you know. Sometimes we do not know what will happen, but we stand in by faith and let God take over. And you do the little you can, the Lord will do the match, you know. Amen. We do, God will do the rest. So, you're the light, you're the salt. May the Lord use you in your work environment and your home to bring a difference, to bring transformation, to be the blessing. Father, we thank you for the word that comes forth. Lord, the word has been sown. May it be planted. May you water it. May you increase it, that your children's life may bring fruit, forth fruit and fruit that will remain. Bless the rest of our week as we labor. And even as we ponder about what you've called us to do, may your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. You've been listening to sermon audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.